Hey everybody, it's Big Mike from Master and Commander, and I'm here with our Reddit fan, Rolanitsua. That's my real name. That's not your real name. It's my real name. How dare you, sir? You're a fucking liar. (laughs) It's true. Telling me that your name's Austin. Is that that true? I mean, now there's no way of knowing. Yes, I've, I've fucked up your secret identity, and now you cannot fight crime at all. Damn. Yes, my name is Austin. Hello to everyone. Hey. Hello, Austin. It's good to have you on the show. So, Thanks for you're the guy. Me. Well, not a problem, man. You're the guy that took our shipbox Lin City deck and you made it better. Yeah, what? I suppose so. I mean, I feel like a bunch of monkeys in a room typing on typewriters could have eventually like randomly made that deck better. But yeah, sure. That's uh that's it's pretty fucking <laughs> You remember that time when I said thanks for having me on the show and then I immediately shat on your idea like within 30 seconds? That's fine. Sorry. Fun. No, I'm just you know really what? excited to be here. I just want you to know that that deck was played twice after we built it and it won one of the games. For real? So, yeah. That's shit. actually something that uh, I've experienced with this deck too. And just in Magic in general is that it tends that... Like, you're playing against three other people, so if you have the most powerful deck at the table, you're playing against three other people. And the person that gets killed last is obviously the person that's had, like, the shittiest time the whole game. So if you can, like, sneak around and, like, be just shitty enough to not get killed, you end up winning a lot of games. And that is exactly how that deck won. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's also, like, what I, uh, the idea that I had behind this is just to, like, deal with the biggest threat on the board so that you're making friends with at least two people at the table at all times, and then eventually you just grind out value. Okay, so what is this? What What is the creation that you have built for us today? This is, uh, I call it Daxos and the Spirits of the Format. That's so, a fucking terrible name. J-Rock would love it's, that. It's better than Raulanutsua, at least. Well, yeah, I'm not going to get into how you got that name, but... It's got my first name backwards at the end of it. Oh, I guess it does. Uh, anyway, uh, yes. So um, this deck, so when I saw you guys get the three randomator cards, which are Hypochondria, Soul Tithe, and Temporal Isolation, uh, we can go over those specifically in the different themes here in a second. Uh, they're all three white enchantments. And they are also, at least, I mean, Hypochondria is not an aura, but two of them are auras. So I saw this. And uh, I figured you guys would build something like a SRAM or a um, or a Daxos deck. And um, now I notice I notice that you don't even have SRAM in this in this list. And I remember no. you you bitching no, at me for not having it. That's okay. stupid. Okay, I'm just Drawing kidding. Cards is stupid. Uh, if you just... have cards in hand, it seems like your board state you're in a better position, and then people are going to knock you out. So ah, so you you this is the the slow roller secret uh i'm not as i'm not as good as you think i am sort of yeah it's it's funny because i put this list together and i've had it i've had it for a while and i I definitely would like to talk about how this deck is not done at all you know and and everybody says that right like as you're playing your deck you uh you like kind of tweak as you go but um like the next week you brought out that uh um the is it uh partners oh yeah like the coin flips 
And I just like, if this was at the table with that, it, I feel like that coin flip would just have the worst time because there's just like so much prison and so much just like being shitty, but also making everybody around me also shitty. Well, that sounds like fun for everyone. It's fun. So anyway, um, I guess I can rehash the three cards and kind of talk about the themes. I tried to build this deck uh, in the same way that you guys build it. And this was kind of a fun experience for me because I don't necessarily, like obviously I've never just like picked three random cards out of a box and tried to build a deck with it usually. Um, but specifically when I build commander decks, it's not, it's similar to this style, but um, a little bit different. So uh, for the listeners, Hypochondria is the enchantment that says pay a white and discard a card from your hand to prevent the next three damage that would be dealt to target creature or player this turn, and then pay white and sacrifice Hypochondria to prevent the next three damage that would be dealt to target creature or player this turn. We Cost found one. this to be the hardest card. I definitely ignored this card completely. Oh, so you... <laughs> I mean, not completely. I got inspiration. And this is something that I feel like I did a little bit differently is I, I looked at the three cards and I tried to find like common ground between the cards yep. that I could build with. Because I, if I want to, if I see a shitty card like this and I don't want to build around it, but I still want to include it in the, in the deck, then I want to find something that at least connects to the other cards because I'm going to be building around those other cards. I'm also going to be hitting cards that are built around those other cards. So if I can find something that kind of coalesces with the other cards, I can at least make this kind of off theme not so crappy yep yeah no i understand i 100 percent. that's like what we did with razor boomerang and that card was a piece of shit yeah for sure uh the next card uh is soul tithe and that is the one in the white uh aura that says actually it says uh enchant non-land permanent which i know is j-rock's favorite phrase non-land permanent no, but at the beginning of your upkeep of Enchanted Permanence Controller, that player sacrifices it unless they pay X, where X is its converted mana cost. This um, was my favorite one of the of all of them. I played this a lot in um, Return to Ravnica Draft, and I would just use this as removal. Yeah, it's funny, because J-Rock kind of shat on it a little bit, too. Um, I, I really like effects like this. Because, um, like, destroy just destroys it, you know, and it's gone. And you're like, oh, well, I had my thing destroyed, and that's whatever, you know. But if you, you play something, and then um, somebody, like, pretty much plays something that's just, like, I, it's pretty much useless. But, like, how bad do you really want this thing, you know? It's like a, it's like a girl or, like, an ex-girlfriend, you know, that keeps on drunk texting you, you know. If you just, just like, break up and make it clean, it's fine. I'm never going to talk to you again. It's over. It's whatever. It's like 1.30 in the morning, and you're drunk as hell, and you get the text, it's hey, but it's like six Ys, you know? Oh, that's like, the hey. sexy hey. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, the amount of Ys in the hey is directly proportional to the amount of emotional scarring that's about to happen. Yeah. No, I agree. I love this card. I think this one is a great piece of removal. It forces a decision on your opponent. And your your opponent might have um, might might go oh, okay I'm gonna be super greedy I'll pay this this turn and that basically sets them back a turn sometimes so, so it can be a really good card. Yeah, and I kind of I kind of went with that too where I want to be able to pay mana to do things on with my extra mana every turn cycle with Daxos. Yep. But also I I like the idea of making other people have to pay down to like slow their pace down. Perfect. My son plays Is It, and uh, he plays a card called Volrath's Curse, which is a piece of garbage also. But uh, it depends on who you're playing it against. But it's an enchantment that's basically the same. It's prison. 
can't attack or block, and uh, the permanent controller can sacrifice a permanent to ignore that ability until end of turn. So it's very similar. Nice. Uh, but my wife plays uh, Sovera Golgari, so she kind of wants to like sacrifice permanents all the time anyway. So like he's kind of learned how to use it better, but similar thing. Uh, our, our, last... Sorry. Yeah, the last card, no problem. The last card, Temporal Isolation. Um, it's one white, one colorless for a flash enchantment aura. It says enchant creature. Enchanted creature has shadow, which is dope, but it so also says sweet. prevent all damage that would be dealt by enchanted creatures, so it's less dope. Yes and no. Okay, and uh, this is where, like, a lot of deck building and a lot of, like, fun for me is finding cards that have downsides and then finding a way to build around those downsides. So uh, the fact that it gives a really obscure uh, evasion, especially for white, I think there's only a few cards, like all the ill vex, uh, there's a few cards in white that have shadow, but they're mostly black. And some blue, I think, right? I uh, there's very little blue. I think Shadow was mostly restricted to white and black. Yeah. I also like this design space. Like, it gives a creature Shadow, but it also prevents the damage of that. So it's like it's like a very white thing, you know? Like, yeah. I'm going to give you something, but there's going to be, like, a crappy downside to it. Yeah. Um, but when I saw this card, it says, prevent all damage that would be dealt by enchanted creature, right? But it also makes that creature unblockable. So if there are effects that allow me to get through being blocked, regardless of how much damage I do, then I can actually put this on one of my own creatures to get the value out of the card, as well as just using it as a way, you know, as a kind of flash prison. The flash is actually really nice too, especially with Daxos, because um, the spirits that you create with Daxos are XX, and it's a, it's a static ability. So if you flash this in, you instantly pump that spirit. So if somebody like goes to declare attackers and they're like, you're being a piece of hot garbage, Austin, and they're gonna swing at you with creatures, you can flash this in and pump your spirit, even if they're even if it's not on one of their attackers. Like they're just gonna swing at you with their three three commander and you have a two two spirit blocker and you just wanna flash it against somebody else's creature, and then it instantly pumps your spirit to do like some combat tricks, which I really enjoy. I fucking love combat tricks. I do. Okay. Like I tried to I tried to find as much flash in this deck as possible. Uh because I, I love combat tricks. My favorite deck right now is a is a Kaikar deck. Kaikar's like becoming my favorite commander for sure. Um and I'll, just it pretend, basically, I'll pretend that you built your whole Kaikar list off of our Kaikar list. I definitely did. Excellent. That, dick. So <laughs> Daxos uh, Daxos the Returned is your commander. Yes. Have you played Daxos before? Uh, I haven't. I actually don't like enchantments as an archetype. I would much rather either do like creatures or instants or like things that I can like artifacts tapping and untapping. Mostly because like I don't enjoy like I'm playing with three other people, so if I'm playing like 25% of the time and my stuff is just around permanents or sorcery speed stuff, I'm basically just like sitting there for 75% of the game. So another reason why I like tried to find flashy enchantments. That's an interesting but, way of looking at it. Um, yeah, I've I've played Daxos before. I found that Daxos was very hard to to make him work. Like he would just keep getting killed all the time. Every time I'd play him, people yeah. would just kill. And I don't know why. It's not like he's 
fucking broken or anything, but people just for some reason were like, nope, you can't have Daxos. I played the deck for two weeks, and then I took it apart. I just couldn't be bothered fucking around with people anymore. But how is this deck working for you? Um, it's been great, actually. I Really great. It's one, it's got a 33% win rate, so it's won two out of the six games that I've played with it. That's a lot um, higher win rate than I've had with most of the decks I've built in the past couple months. <laughs> well, I also, so I've been, um, uh, I play a bit of it on Cockatrice, and uh, in paper, I mean, my my meta is, like, kind of low. Me and my family, like, play, It's there's not any rules to the budget, but we don't really, like, buy cards that often, and my wife works at a card store, so, like, literally all of our, like, card supplies are cards that people leave behind after, like, events and stuff like that. So they're all the, like, unwanted commons and uncommons and Islands of oh. Lost magic cards. That's fucking awesome. Which I love to give homes to, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, again, what I was talking about earlier is I feel like he's very effective uh, because he, one, his ability doesn't tap, right? So every turn cycle, uh, you're able to use your mana at the end of the turn. And this is something that also allows you to keep your cards in your hand. Everybody complains all the time about white like not having an ability to draw cards or not getting card advantage and it's like one of those really vague terms like card advantage does that really mean to me i think it's um nobody ever wants to be in a spot where you don't have anything relevant to do yeah and so that might mean that you don't have enough mana for the cards in your hand it might mean that you don't have any cards in your hand but you have mana my uh my younger son runs into this problem with this prosh deck is that he just like ramps and pumps out Prosh and then has an empty hand and doesn't really know what to do by like turn five or six or whatever. So Daxos allows you to, if you have like multiples of three mana at the end of the turn cycle, make a spirit, whatever. Um, this deck definitely does not do well if Daxos gets removed. Well, J Rock and I have talked in the past about having mana sinks and how mana sinks are important. Um, yeah. The way back, playback, when there was mana burn, mana sinks were massive, just in case you yeah. had extra mana. But these days, with no mana burn, because uh, Wizards thinks we're all fucking retarded and, and can't do math. You know? <laughs> but yeah, it's still a great thing. At the end of your turn, if, you, if all your lands are turned sideways at the at the beginning of your untap step, you're doing something right, in my opinion. You you've you've used all of your resources to the utmost hopefully exactly yeah okay so i can see that yeah that's funny because uh like that power creep that i was talking about before i don't know if we were recording then but i basically like split my my like magic life where it was like my budget and my family and just having fun with it and then like my friends that got me back into magic that were power creeping and my first commander that i really got uh dirty dirty with was marath will of the wild and he has a very similar effect and he can just pay one which is nice. So if I have two mana at the end of the turn, I'm doing stuff with it every turn cycle. Um, that's that's perfect. Yeah, he's a champion. I love Marath in every way. So we've got a deck built around enchantments and auras. Commander is Daxos the Returned. Um, it looks like you got a lot of cards here that are just in this deck that are going to stop our opponents. We got cards like Conviction, which is... Um, Oh, sorry, not Conviction. What am I doing here? Conviction is in here. Oh, it is. I know, but it's not the one I was looking at. Cast Out. Uh, cast oh, out, yeah. Mm. Exiles, target non-land permanent an opponent. So it basically O-rings a thing. We've got yeah. Cage of Hands. So this looks like the 
your idea is to basically stop your opponent until you're ready to kick the shit out of them with a whole piss pile of these these enchantment spirits. Yeah, that's pretty much the idea. Um, I called that theme uh, corporate prison because it's like prison, but it's got extra benefits. Oh. So, yeah, like a okay. lot of enchantments that like that one you just mentioned uh, cast out. That one has flash as well. So if somebody moves to combat, you can flash it in, get another experience counter, pump all your spirits, get rid of something. It's like a cool I like the idea of like combat tricks with enchantments and stuff. Um, the other thing that I really like about, uh, like the other, I basically tried to find prison, uh, enchantments, but that did a little bit extra, right? So cage of hands is another perfect example. This was in your guys's first list. Uh, it's just a three drop, uh, pacifism, but it has one in the white return it to your hand. And that's super nice because of experience counters. You just drop it. Creatures go into the graveyard, pick it back up, or you just feel like, Hey, I'm going to put this cage of hands on you. I feel like you're getting a little out of hand <laughs> here, buddy. That's uh, and that allows you to like have a little bit of kind of diplomatic leverage because this deck doesn't run any ramp. It doesn't run much card draw at all. Um, and so the idea of this deck is to try to become friends with everybody that's not winning the game at that time. Uh, so let me go through my notes here. Uh, Oh, with uh, Utility Prison, yeah. So the, um, another one that I really liked that kind of really makes this feel super spicy to me is Vow of Malice. Are you familiar with this card? Oh, yeah. All the vows are really good. Now, the Malice one uh, gives Intimidate. It does, yeah. And they uh, all of them say they can't attack you. That's the best line of text on any card. You yeah, and this... Attack me. This fit really well um, with one of my other themes, which was like the temporal isolation kind of spooky shadow evasion themes. I like things with Intimidate. I like things with Shadow in this deck. I'm trying to get through with really like cheap creatures with annoying effects, right? So <clears throat> I was thinking about including the white one. The only reason why I didn't, the white vow I mean, is yep. that it, it gives vigilance. So I like the idea of both sides of the party like having to commit their resources right intimidate encourages that person with that vow on them to attack somebody else because it makes it easier for them to do damage and then i get the benefit of that creature being sideways or the other player at the table gets the benefit of that creature being sideways that's right? a really cool way of thinking about it I, I would have never thought oh yeah i should definitely give an incentive as opposed to vigilance which is just gonna fuck me in the end yeah and like and honestly like they can't attack me with that vigilant creature anyway but that's going to, like, the fourth player at the table that's not involved in this, he can see me fucking with the other guys, and he doesn't want to get fucked with later, you know? So yeah. if that creature's got Vigilance, it's untapped, I'm probably, like, this deck takes a while to get going. I probably don't have a lot of blockers as we go. So anything that I can do to kind of poke other people to poke other people, it's really satisfying when you, like, manipulate somebody into doing something against a third party, and that third party gets pissed off at that person and not at me it's very satisfying and then they try to like, defend themselves like they didn't just make the decision to attack that person you know yeah so no, i agree very satisfying one of my favorite uh uh games that i've played so far i was playing with uh, another daxos which was weird um and uh kenrith the new five color uh group hug kind of commander yep yep 
uh, he's actually an amazing reanimator commander. It's kind of crazy. But anyway, uh, he was just trying to uh, do the things to double the effects of Kenrith. And it turned out to where it was just like me, the other Daxos, and him. And I... It's very important with this deck to find the right opponent to be able to manipulate. Right? If you're playing against, uh, like, the Is It Coin Flip deck, that guy is going to have his day shit on if I'm playing this deck. And so, like, whenever I sit down at the table, the person that I feel like is the most afraid of me, I feel like is going to be my best ally, right? Because I'm not really intimidated by them, so I don't even have to mention that I can do X, Y, Z to them, you know? I respect them enough as a player to see that what I'm doing could really mess with what they're doing. So if I come to that person as a friendly neighbor first, then that kind of fear allows them to believe in this idea that I'm actually their friend. Um, which is sense. why I have nothing but internet friends, I think. <laughs> so uh, what what are, what are your two top picks for this deck? Uh, like per... Okay, so a few. Um, my favorite, my absolute favorite that I would love to talk about for a minute is Glistening Oil. Uh, let me pull up the exact text here. So Glistening Oil is a black-black enchantment. So it costs two, really cheap, good for us. Uh, it's enchant creature. Enchanted creature has infect. So you know how much respect I have for my opponents playing infect. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a minus one, minus one counter on enchanted creature. But this is my favorite line of text. Uh, when Glistening Oil is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, return Glistening Oil to its owner's hand. And this is actually the card that I used to win that game against the Kenrith and the Daxos. Is I just put Glistening Oil on Kenrith, and I just let him go to town. I actually had the um, the other artifact, the one that flips and is basically a Maze of Ith. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, I can't remember, remember the name, name of it. Like yeah, you guys had compass. it in your first deck, too. Yeah, I think it's yeah. Thematic Compass, yeah. So he, I I mean, he knew that I was just going to remove his Kenrith from combat if he came at me, so he just ended up going at the other Daxos player. And then by the time that guy was done, I just ended up putting Kenrith in prison and killed him with my spooky ghosts. Uh, the other thing that I love about this card is how incredibly difficult it is to get rid of. Because a lot of the time it'll say uh, when Enchanted Creature dies um and so like oh well i'll just exile the creature and then the enchantment will go away but this says when glistening oil itself is put into the graveyard so even if you exile the creature that it's on if you uh blink the creature that it's on right because the enchantment enters and then it attaches i'm actually not sure how that rule works um i don't know either i think it would still return because i think it enters and then its target becomes not there like if the creature gets blown up or something um, but pretty much the main ways to get rid of this are like countering it, right? Or getting me to discard it out of my hand. Or so, yeah, it's a super annoying card. A lot of people feel like playing Infect is cheap. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel about Infect? Uh, I'd have no problems with Infect. Um, if you don't have spot removal, then that's your own fault for Infect doing it. Yeah, I feel like every time I felt bad about Infect, it has been because of one spell. Can you guess what that spell is? Triumph of the Hordes. Fuck that card. So That's hard. That's a fucking awesome card. <laughs> like, why would you give Infect and also Evasion on one card to all creatures? So that a game's end. That's why. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's <laughs> the only reason you need. Before. Like, I play Marath, and he's, like, so notorious for infinite combos. And I don't really play him that way. I play him as, like, a mid-range control, and I'll tell people, I'm like, okay, I have some infinite combo potentials in this deck. I will only start tutoring them out if this game, like, gets inane and ridiculously long. And that's something that I kind of like about combo, is when you win with combo, like, the game is over all at the same time. You can all pick up again. It feels really bad, especially when I, like, go to an LGS with a friend of mine, and then, like, he gets knocked out in 15 minutes, and then I'm stuck there playing, and then we don't even get to, like, hang out in the way that we thought we were, because I'm, like, tied to this game, you know? Yeah, no, I understand that. So, okay. yeah, Glistening Oil, uh, it's my favorite card. Also, what's really nice about it is it's a really cheap way to get those experience counters with Daxos. Costs two mana, so you're just being super annoying and getting the table infect. It also works really well with uh, the attack and not block theme that I have with things like uh, Sukwata Assassin, Sukata Assassin. Um, there's a few, there's like two or three uh, creatures in here that say that if they're attacked and not blocked, defending player gets a poison counter. I saw those. I liked. I liked how you use them. The older that was cards. my original idea for the deck was I saw Temporal Isolation and I'm like, oh, cool, I'm going to get like Shadow and Spooky Things and just annoy the shit out of people. And like, people feel bad about Infect, but I think one Infect counter at a time is like just spooky enough, you know, where it's like, you're, it's fair, you're doing them out to every other person as it goes, but it always have that looming threat of just like, you could get knocked out. Yeah. All right, um, let's see here. What else have we got? Is there any weird cards that we should know about? Because J-Rock and I are going to take a look at this deck, and then we're going to discuss it on the show, and we're going to talk about stuff that we think probably should get pulled out. Is there any yeah, cards in sure. here that, that we're going to look at and go, oh, fuck that thing, but you've got some secret tech for it? Uh, sort of. Uh, the one that I feel like I don't think you guys will actually want to pull it out. It's kind of like an all-star for me, but it's uh, eight and a half tails. Uh, and that's the creature that gives your guys protection. And well, it can give protection from white, and then you also pay one to make a thing white. So you essentially just pay three to give protection. Yeah, uh, you know what? I totally would pull this out of the deck. I cannot see why it's in here. Oh, uh, because protection is such a broken keyword. All right, so think about this. Think about list for me all of the different types of unblockable um unblockable yeah are we talking like evasion unblockable uh yeah let's just work with you can't block this creature okay so um unblockable horsemanship shadow um intimidate fear mm -hmm. uh what else land walks i would say yeah, I'd say land walks. Now I wouldn't I wouldn't say trample or or flying. Like those two are they're evasion abilities, but they're not on the same par as can't be blocked. Yeah. So what I've noticed especially um with design recently is it seems like Wizards is trying to kind of piecemeal out a lot of keywords that they feel like were a little bit too busted. Skulk is a perfect example, right? Like Skulk is, oh hey, you get unblockable, but only if you're smaller than the guy, right? Um, and like, I remember trying to explain protection to like the whole debt thing with my family. And yep. I just realized just how busted protection is as a keyword. Like, well, it's pretty good. If you, had, if you had unblockable, but also hex proof, but also 
damage prevention, like if somebody wants to uh, blasphemous act you. Okay, but also, I mean, I guess no one's gonna like tar or like equip you with something that's a color. I guess there are some equipment, um, colored equipments. But to me, like, I really enjoy protection. I mean, you you complained earlier about how like Daxos always gets removed, you know. So if I'm playing this deck, I'm definitely like probably not doing anything for the first three turns, and I'm trying to play Daxos as soon as I can. But I want to have some kind of protection in my hand. I'm not sure exactly what my card count is for the protection, but um, it's enough that I feel like I'm going to be comfortable having it. I'm probably going to have at least one protection spell in my hand. And like that feels so bad for me, at least when I'm playing against other people, where I'm like, all right, that guy's going to get value later. So I know there's a board state going on right now, but I don't want that to get out of hand, so I'm going to deal with it now. And then it just like goes away. Hmm. You know, I, so, here's the thing you can do is you can use eight and a half tails. You can cast your glistening oil onto one of your own guys, and then eight and a half tails it off of them. So oh, five, I didn't even five realize mana, you can, sick. Yeah, you can basically for yeah. five mana you can give yourself an experience counter. Yeah, that's some spicy tech too, and you can do that as a deal too. Like with eight and a half. First of all, like there's not very much repeatable protection on any cards, really. Yeah. And I think that's fair because I really do feel like protection, especially when you get to choose. Like usually protection is balanced because it's around a specific color, right? But eight and a half tails can make target spell or permanent white. Yeah. Yep. Which is stupid. Like I don't, I don't know. I also really like that painter servant just got unbanned. I feel like I'm gonna build a deck around like all of this weird color cards. <laughs> but um. What was I going to say about... Oh, that's what I was going to say. So another... I feel like you guys might want to pull it, but it's so... It's... I feel like this card encapsulates everything about my themes here for this okay. deck. And yeah. that's Chomano's Blessing. Chomano's So it's a white-white. It's so weird. Yeah, did you see this card? Um, I know it. Uh, where is it? There it is there. So, it's oh, a flash protection enchant creature. Oh, so then you, if you use this, if you use Chomino's Blessing, which gives basically protection from a color, you can just cast this onto any of your creatures and choose black, or sorry, or just choose whatever color fits your thing. But then you can just start casting, um, uh, what is it, Glistening Oil over and over again. Yeah, you could also do this with um, with conviction. Conviction. Okay, so one drop. here's here's how you'd have to do it. Uh, you would go. Drop, yeah. You'd cast Chomino's blessing. Choose white, right? Put it onto one of your guys, and then cast Listening Oil, and then pay one for Listening Oil to get knocked off. Like you pay one from eight and a half tails, turning Glistening Oil white. Then that'll slide off. Chomino's Blessing should not slide off because normally when when they errata these cards any Yeah, this effect should... doesn't remove Chomino's Blessing, yeah. Yeah, so then you don't only have to pay three to put experience counters on yourself. That's, that's even cheaper. Yeah, it's pretty handy. There is one that I put in here that is uh, actually too expensive. Uh, do you remember? I mentioned it to you over Reddit and it's like Chomano's Blessing but better. 
Podcast. I'm trying to. I'm looking through my list right now. Um, I think I might have taken it out. Uh, but it was similar. It gave protection, but it also allowed you to. It had a return to hand on it. Oh yeah, I think I know the one you're talking about. It's like uh, um, flickering, flickering yeah. board. Yeah, so it doesn't have flash, but it's a one-drop enchant creature. Like, I'm looking on Architect right now, and it says that it's $1.99. So I'm just going to say that this is legit and totally fine. Yeah. (laughs) But when you play Flickering Ward, choose a color enchanted creature, gains protection from that color, and then pay a white to return Flickering Ward to your owner's hand. So forget anything about, like, protection as a sub-theme. That's just two mana to get an experience counter and pump all your spirits. Yeah. No, I agree. Pretty dope stuff. This whole uh, deck to me looks pretty dope, man. I uh, I really appreciate you you taking the time to to take the cards that we fucking ruined and make something playable out of them. Honestly, like I don't I don't think it was that bad. Like I remember you talking about how you want to build a a deck that's not obvious, and I love that for sure. Like you were talking about, oh well, I don't want to just build SRAM. Because I'm just going to, like, it's an obvious just build value out of it kind of thing. That's that's actually a philosophy that I have, like, for all of my decks. If, if I go and buy a card and the card says, you know, it has four or five different abilities, I don't want to pick the one that's going to be the the one that everybody thinks of. I want to have yeah. a, a, a deck that's kind of strange. I'm currently building uh, Sir Conrad the Grim. And oh, I, God, I played against that guy. It was awful. It is. But the normal way that you would build Sir Conrad is that you would put in a bunch of token producers and a piss pile of sacker outlets and then be done. And then you'll win that way. My yeah. goal is to win with um, Foot Bottom Feast, which takes all the creatures out of your graveyard or as many as you want and puts them on top of your library. So I've built Sir Conrad as a dredge deck. How much does that gonna, cost? Footbottom Feast is one black and two colorless for an instant. There's three different versions at instant speed. Uh, there's one or two at sorcery speed. So I'm going to dredge as much of my grave- or my library into my graveyard and then just... Return any number. Oh, that's mean. Yeah, and Sir, so Sir Conrad triggers off of creatures going into the graveyard. In, sorry, creatures going into the graveyard from the battlefield. Creatures and going, going into the easy. graveyard... Yeah, but it also oh, from anywhere. Man. So yeah, that's the way that I like to build decks, and and um, that's the reason we didn't build SRAM right off the hop. Yeah, and that's honestly like that's what appealed to me the most when I heard about Commander. Like my friends were just telling me about all, all these obscure OG legends that are gonna like get played, and it was like that for a while, and then it kind of fell off. But I'm definitely in the same boat as you. I'm I'm at a point where like I'll build an obvious deck, and like I'm in a really juicy space right now where i make that person a secret commander so zada is my favorite uh, oh he's the best card so i've built like i think five or six different decks with like zada as the thing uh yeah yeah so that i built a kt build with him uh because i can run the nephilim that does his ability but better um i ran it as uh general tazri I ran it as um, my favorite version of it right now is Kaikar. So I play Kaikar and I play a bunch of cantrips and I play a bunch of polymorphs. And I know a lot of people have broken Kaikar already with mass polymorph and they just like mass polymorph like creature combos. Yep. 
and I'm playing it a little bit differently. I have Mirroring Dragon and Zada and Feather and right. uh, two other creatures in the whole deck, uh, the Locust God and uh, Nazrahal, the Primal Tide. And, like, just the kinds of hilarious shenanigans that Kaikar plus one of those two creatures gets is just, like, so satisfying. Yeah. It's really nice. The other one that I'm going to nerd out on is I built a, a Makar deck, a King Makar deck. He's the guy that has Inspired, and when he untaps, you exile the creature and create a gold token. Yep. And I did the, the cheesy uh, Makar pun and built him as a vehicles deck and called it Dude, Where's Makar? So here's a tip for you. Uh, put Clock of Omens into that deck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got all that. Well, no, Clock of Omens and then turn Makar into an artifact. And then what you do is you tap Makar and Clock of Omens to untap Makar, which then oh, exiles one shit. of your opponent's creatures, which is going to give you a gold token, which is an artifact. So then you tap Makar and the gold token to untap Makar and then exile then another the same dude. thing over and over. Yeah. That's sick. Well, yeah, I've, uh, I'm gonna build him. I'm gonna build him as secret commander. I think I'm gonna build a uh, Sidri, just because I don't feel like there's enough tap and untap shenanigans only in black. And when you see Makar in the command zone, you're like, oh, he's obviously gonna be doing untap shenanigans, you know? Yep. But uh, with Sidri, I'm gonna be able to play things like uh, the Sword of the Power Runes and Puppet Strings and all the artifacts that tap and untap things but also be able to animate those to beat people up with. That's another fun interaction with Sidri is um, with vehicles themselves hmm. because Sidri can turn the vehicles into creatures. That's cool. Without well, having to crew them. Hmm. Well, brother, uh, thank you very much for coming on. We're going to yeah, go thank you. and Jacob and I are going to take this list apart and see, you know, like I said, see what we like, see what we don't like. And, uh, but yeah, I think it's really cool that you did this. And again, thank you very much, I appreciate man. That. I, I'm really happy that you guys have created a forum for discussing what I feel is kind of like an unserved audience to commander. Like people like me that are still okay, like playing budget and don't necessarily want to be like, I like playing high powered decks. I do it a lot of the time, but I feel like it's a lot more fun and fair to not be tutoring out the same combo every turn like you were playing a singleton format why would you tutor all the time or try to do the same thing all the time or just finding homes for all of these sweet adorable uh misfit cards uh i know j-rock is going to uh hear this recording later but um you should tell him that he is very bad at naming specific themes and i, I, tell I, I heard you guys day. yeah so i heard you guys cycling theme the whole like dishwasher because i'm cycling thing yeah, no, I love J Rock. It's cute. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I heard that because I knew you guys were gonna do cycling, and my idea for that sub theme was, uh, I'm like Lance Armstrong, but with both testicles. Wow. That on that note, I am gonna stop the recording, so that um, no more horrible things get said about <laughs> Lance Armstrong's balls. <laughs> <laughs>